You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And welcome back to the newly invigorated EAP. And uh, after last week's uh, relaunch episode with uh, Guy and uh, Jeff, this week it's just me and Nick. Hello, Nick. Hi, Simon. I'm not sure I'm feeling newly invigorated. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I woke up at 10 o'clock this morning and I thought, I'll just lie back down for a bit. And then it was 2 o'clock. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easily done. Easily oh, done. Dear. Not quite sure how that happened, but um, as my wife said, well, I just left you. If you were sleeping, you obviously needed to sleep. So sleep I had. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. Oh dear, so here we are, back again, um, as we said before the show, this is of course uh, the pre-WWDC rumour mill uh, season, so real stories are a bit thin on the ground, but I've rustled up some stuff to talk about, and uh, I guess we'll uh, kick it Oh, before we start, before we start, I saw a Citroen Ami in Ipswich in the wild, being driven in the traffic. Oh, oh wow. Wow, yeah. I have seen them at the dealership, you know, sitting there, but I saw one being used in anger in Ipswich. So well, there you go. There you go. Well, there I don't well. know whether I mentioned last week. I probably didn't because, you know, we got our guests on, as it were. Uh, but I went to Fully Charged Live South um week before last. Um, fascinating, really. I mean, a lot, a lot of cars coming. Um, uh, the, the, the Chinese were there with... Um, uh, EYD had got their own stand um, um, uh, with some slightly cheaper cars. I won't say cheap. No. Slightly less expensive. That's the better <laughs> way of describing it. Yeah, slightly less expensive. Slightly less expensive cars. Uh, but, uh, yeah, lots and lots of uh, of new stuff on the way. So um, something that's good. And there are definitely a few more of the slightly less expensive ones. Coming along. Great, because those are the only ones I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. They're the only ones I can afford. So, yeah, well, I'm. <clears throat> so, uh, yes, I, I'm pleased to see them arriving. Yep. I'm still, um, you know, planning to uh, get an EV next. Um, unfortunately, Citroën have culled several uh, models from their motability range. Uh, oh, right. Which means the ones that are left are the ones that are very expensive. So um, I yeah. might be oh, looking. Right. I might be looking at a Nissan Leaf. Um, ah, you know. Right. I th- yes, I think I mentioned it. Spoken about that before, haven't we? So maybe yeah. you did mention it last week. Yeah. I think. Well, no, I didn't mention it last week. I think I mentioned it in the in the Slack room. But um, uh, ah, right. Okay. Yes, I think oh, well, I asked good. about it. Good. Yeah, nothing wrong with the with the no. Leafs. Yeah. No, seems to be all right. The other ones that are sort of in the price bracket I would look at are things like the um there's a Zoe, um what's that, Renault, I think. But that's a little two yeah. door. I really yeah, want Renault, a Zoe. I want a I want a five door mid size um right. hatchback. So the yeah. leaf seems to be the best bet. Um and then they suddenly jump um on the motability scheme. They do. 
you know, there's a, a few that you can get uh, with very little money up front, and then they suddenly jump. Whereas they used to be, you know, five hundred, eight hundred pounds up front. The electric ones are two, three, four grand up front, and that's kind of outside my pocketbook. Yeah. So, we should. Of see. course, it's it's not helping matters. It's not helping matters that um, that uh, interest rates are going up. Of course, because as soon as the interest rates go up, then the lease rates go up, and the yep. Uh, it just it just takes things just that little bit out of the realms of possibility. So every time I come around to replace my car, it nearly always ends up being one car that I can afford. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> because um, either, either they're two, either they're, there's a, a choice of one or two, which are really I just don't like them very much. They're very small, uh, and they're not a lot cheaper. So you end up with like like the Nissan Leaf, and then you have something like the uh, the uh, uh, up the Volt is it Volkswagen? Yeah, no. Volkswagen Ooh, up. Yeah, yeah, which is it's little... Volkswagen up. Um, but but that's a really pared down little machine, and it's not significantly cheaper. No, and that that's that's what annoys me is that you know you, if you want to if you want you think oh I'll go for something smaller or something with less range. Well, that doesn't necessarily make it cheaper, which is a bit weird. So yeah. if you go for the Honda E, for instance, which only has a range of about 120 miles, you can pay a small, I can't remember how much it is now, 37, 38,000. I mean, it's a lot of money for a little car. Yeah. Um, so, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> as soon as the uh, the interest rate, if the interest rates keep going up, I might end up having to go back to a petrol car. Ouch. <laughs> Who knows? I don't want to, but... We shall see. But, uh, they are they are going a bit silly. Yeah, at least I've got another. Uh, I've got another year and three quarters on this lease, so that's not so bad. Uh, I'm my lease runs out in about November, I think. Oh right. Okay. Um, but really, I need to. You know, they keep telling me you need to book another one now because of the wait. You know, on getting a new yes. car. But um, at the moment, my wife's mobility is subject to review. So she, we can't actually order another car because she doesn't have at least a year left on a award. So we have to wait for that to be processed before we can even right. go and look at one. So it's all a bit of a drag, but there we go. We'll get there, I'm sure. So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, right, right let's, uh, what we got? Um, I'm going to kick off Apple. with this one, Apple. Um, iOS 16.5 to be released next week because... Uh, those of us are on the betas are on the second release candidate, I think. I believe it's the second release candidate at the moment. So almost certainly coming next week. Um, Nine to five Mac have uh, iOS 16.5 to be released next week. And here's everything new. Um, and I've put this one in because obviously those who are not on the beta get to see what's new. And people like me who've been on the beta so long we've forgotten what's new can remind ourselves of what's new um and that is i believe a little video what's to say here um quick thing new pride celebration wallpaper for the lock screen Ooh, wow uh a sports tab in apple news uh my sports score and schedule cards in news take you directly to the game pages um Fixes uh, an issue with Spotlight, where it may become unresponsive. Um, addresses an issue where podcasts in CarPlay may not load content correctly. Fixes an issue where screen time settings may reset or not sync across your devices. 
and I'm sure there's a lot more. Um, mm, yeah. I often think this, I actually, you know, stumble across stuff on YouTube where they say the latest features, uh, and some of them go into so much detail, you know, this this icon is slightly more rounded now than it used to oh, be, or yeah. this has gone a little bit flatter. <laughs> <Yeah>. or... <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But um... uh, uh, the, uh, the other thing that drives me a bit mad, and this is this is not having a go at LGBTQ people or LG... can, can this acronym acronym please stay still for five minutes? Because... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I heard someone yesterday say, or this morning, say LGBTQI plus. Oh. So I absolutely no idea what the I stands for. Oh, uh, all no the idea. plus come to that. Uh, well, so I think, it, yeah, I, th- it, I think it the gets plus more and more and more confusing by the day. I think they've added the plus <laughs> as a kind of and anything else we forgot to mention. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe because uh, I've yes, I, it, um, I have it's seen very it. Very confusing like, when they change it all the while. I have seen it be something like LGBTQAZ something else plus. It's like really, oh. <laughs> you know. I like I like to be I like to be politically correct if I can be, but please don't make it hard for us because some of us are old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes I've been known to say LGBTQ and any other letters of the alphabet you want to chuck on the end there. But um, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, I applaud the point, but like you, it's can we just fix an acronym and be done with it, you know? <laughs> and stick with it, yes. Yeah, yeah. can we just <laughs> be good? Can we just have it as a shorthand and like accept that that includes anybody else who wishes to identify in that community and be done with it? But there you go. So, yes, 16.5 should be coming uh, next week. So, look out for that. Likely to be re- likely to be released on Tuesday, according to this article. Yeah, quite probably at around one p.m. Eastern time. So that's about six. What? Um, no, seven. No, six. Six p.m. UK ish. There we are. Uh, yeah, I always have to think hard about that. Yes, you're right. Yes, yes. yes. At, at the moment, it's about six p.m. Uh, there we are, and. Uh, no doubt, shortly after that, I'll get fifteen point one, uh, five point one beta. <laughs> yes. So I should probably yeah. be in tune with the rest of you for about three days, and then I shall, <laughs> <laughs> and then I shall get another beta. There we are. Oh, um, you rebel, you. Oh yeah, live the, live the, live out on the edge. To be honest, the point increments are so tiny you hardly notice most of the time. No, that's right. It's only when you get a big jump when you go from you know. 16.6 or 17 that you get a whole load of stuff there we are yeah um three nanometer apple silicon what is it and why does it matter by mac rumors um which i don't think we need to go into in depth but uh it's uh, i could tell you what it is it's very small <laughs> as i can say it's vanishingly small um Custom yeah. silicon expected to leap down to three nanometers in the next generation manufacturing technique later this year. What does this uh, mean for the company's next generation chips? Well, I'll tell you what it means. As usual, it means more processor density and faster and less power draw. And um, I believe in this article they mention that it's probably going to be a 35% uh, less power draw. Gosh extending your battery life ever further 
Um, I can tell. I can tell you what it'll mean. It'll mean that when you buy your Mac Mini, it'll be exactly the same size as it is now, but with even less stuff in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, like those. Oh, do you remember back in the days when they used to have PCs and they used to be about three foot tall and two foot deep and about nine inches wide? And when you opened them up, yes. it, it was just em- empty space. <laughs> just empty space yeah. in there and there'd be a board you know the motherboard would be clamped to one side of the frame and the rest of it was just empty space yeah you've um, got to remember that they have space to keep them cool in those days yeah and space i'd, 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 I'd like the m chips which you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you have trouble warming your hands on them yeah, I believe, uh, what does it say at the moment? I mean, uh, Apple made the last big fabrication process jump to, uh, in 2020, when it went from 7 nanometer to 5 nanometer with the A14 Bionic and M1. Um, some of the chips in the Apple lineup, including S6, 7 and 8, have continued to use the 7 nanometer fabrication process because they're based on the A13. Um and I believe um, the current, the M2, is sort of four nanometers because it's um, an enhanced version of the M5 uh, nanometer process, which yeah. I believe means part of it is five nanometers and parts of it are four nanometers. So there we go. We we could do with uh, risk bake bakes. Oh, I can't say it. Risk based architecture. For batteries, really, would that be really good? Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it just? Can we can press them really cool and tiny batteries. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm talking about um, this is sort of a total aside, and it was on it was on Twitter. I think it might have been Benedict Everton Evans who posted it, but I could be wrong. He had a, a photograph of a a, a piece from uh, a. From a 1950s trade journal talking about right. the demise of the flying boat and po- <laughs> and postulating that in the future the flying boat could make a comeback when you could uh, build aeroplanes, nuclear aeroplanes or atomic powered aeroplanes which could lift a thousand tons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think Alastair pointed out in the. Um, in the slack room that that's somewhat optimistic because even the biggest freight plane in the world, which is the Russian and drop off, I think doesn't carry that much. It's um, <laughs> not happening, yeah. it is, uh, but it was an interesting piece, you know, historically um, mm-hmm. pe- pe- people postulating the return of the flying boat in the future um, with the idea that um, they could also actually be flying boats rather than planes that could land on water because then they could uh, do parts of the journey as a, as a steamer, <laughs> a steamer, <laughs> and uh, parts flying, which was an interesting take, but there we go. So, yeah, three nanometer chips are coming, and um, apparently the three nanometer chip order is thought to be so large that it occupies the TSMC's entire production capacity for the node for the year. Um, and yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. And really. that they are no considering the the billions of, of devices, yep, and uh, struggling mm. to produce enough three nanometer chips to meet Apple's demand. Um, blah blah blah, usual thing. Struggling with uh, initial tools and yielding. Uh, blah blah blah. That's all standard when you make a new thing. Um, 
Once I've three nations. I've got visions of um, uh, that 1984, you know, with a big voice over a mo- over a microphone saying, "Make more." <laughs> <laughs> exactly, make more. Uh, I have a vision, a, a, a bizarre vision. You know, like um, when surgeons or watchmakers have those like glasses, which are like binoculars. Yes. But, but with obviously like a microscope lens on the end, I have a bizarre vision. Oh, of, yes. Yes, of, I know what you mean. Somebody wearing one of those, which has got like, you know, it's like a telescope long as it has like lens <laughs> after lens after lens going down to one end, like the size of a ballpoint pen nib at the end so that they can actually look at the little tiny <laughs> chips. I'm sure you probably need actually, I'm sure you probably actually need an electron microscope to look at three nanometer stuff, but there you go. Oh dear. Um, M3 devices are expected to include a 13 inch MacBook Air and a 24 inch iMac and iPad Pro, iPhone 15 Pro, iPhone 15 Pro Max. Um, likely to come to the 16 and 16 Plus next year. Uh, blah, 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 blah. All very predictable stuff. Um, yeah, see, Apple analyst Ming Chi Kuo. Rumor believes that 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro models in 2024 will feature the M3 Pro and M3 Pro Max. Yeah, thank you. Vinny could have told me that. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> that's, you know. <laughs> Following Apple's current pattern, that's uh, yeah, stating the bleeding obvious. Thank you, Ming Chi. Um, and then also on three nanometer. Uh, Apple M3 chip news announcements and rumours so far from Tech Radar, um, which I won't go into in great detail because it's more of the same, really, yeah. more of the same stuff. If you're interested, read it. I'm not saying it's a bad read. I'm just saying we don't really need to discuss it at great length. Um, so three nanometer is coming soon. Uh, no big surprise. They've been talking about it for two years. I think TSMC first said they were going to do it a couple of years ago 2001 usually takes them about two years to get a a new fab up and going so um there we go uh apparently apple id services were down for many users unable to log in or make payments nine to five mac this was in the week i believe Um, all right i didn't notice i must no i didn't notice it um Apparently, Apple support page acknowledged an issue with iCloud account and sign-in um, and said that the service may have been slow or unavailable for some users. Um, I don't know when this was posted. Um, well, it oh, says two hours ago. Two hours ago, whether that was actually at the time. Anyway, um, 9to5Mac has experienced this account login despite providing a valid email and password. The ID backend simply reports an error and it cannot process the request. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I've had that in the past. It's obviously, back up, it's obviously back up again now. So yeah, not, yeah. Not to worry. I've, I've had that occasionally where it says, you need to verify your Apple ID or whatever to keep all services up and then it won't take your password. And it just says, no. And I usually just think, well, I'll leave it for a bit and then it comes back and it's all fine. So I don't tend to get all twisted yeah. out of shape about that. But um, unusual. But well, we were talk. We were talking before the uh, before we started about my five G. So I've replaced it, my Virgin, Virgin Media with five G. Um, but it occasionally just sort of stops seeing the internet. The signal's fine, but it stops seeing the internet just for a few minutes. And if I 
pull the plug out and plug it back in again, it all comes back up again. So yeah, yeah, no. it's slight, slightly, just an incy wincy little bit annoying, but um, yeah. I couldn't live with it because it's so much cheaper than my I was going to say, usually, if you know, it's about, you know, return on investment. If it's not too often and it's not too bad, then it's probably bearable. Yeah. Um, if you were to. So I, I, I was saying, wasn't I, that I think it, it's probably software in the router, I think, because the signal seems to be good and strong. All the lights are on on the, on the router. So I, I think it's probably a software. It's, it's probably a. Uh, what did I call it? Um, yeah, some sort of buffering, bu- um, buffering overflow. Uh, yeah, or buffer like. overflow or something that's causing the issue. But uh, but never mind, never mind. You uh, you know you can put up with it if it's uh, <laughs> if it's cheaper. You just put up with it and uh, exactly. I mean, I assume if you were play, you know, if you was a hardcore Call of Duty player or something, then that might be rather less. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be devastating. I'm sure. Just as, just as you were about to take to the final kill shot. Your, that's right. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, another. This one's another bit of a rumor, but um, we've avoided talking about it too much. Apple's headset capabilities are said to far exceed those of rival devices, uh, according to Mac rumors. Um, this the the important thing I think with this headset. I mean, uh, we could talk about features and all that sort of thing, but actually making it more. Um, just so that the, the the visuals are better. Um, I, I've not tried a very recent headset, but I've got the original. Um, oh, I've forgotten what it's called. The Google one. Uh, I don't know what that one was. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, whatever. I've got whatever one of them, it was. It, and it yeah. uses like a Fresnel uses a Fresnel lens on it. Right. And even though it's still really clever, and you can see it's three D, and it's very sort of blurry around the edges, and yeah. If Apple, I mean, if Apple can bring out something that really feels like you're there, <laughs> then that would be significant. I mean, I think because I, think, cause I yeah, think it would be a turning point. Then definitely, I think one of the other things that Apple, if Apple could get it right, would be a big thing is e-comfort. Because yeah. uh, my boy got uh, had the PS VR, which wasn't bad for the time. Um, I think over time as well, the lenses on on the focus on the whatever the displays are get slightly out of alignment because if I look at it now, it seems much more blurry than I recall when it was new. Um, right. But, but the other thing it suffers from is steaming up because you've got this thing clamped on your face yes. and you start to get sweaty and then <laughs> the lenses all steam up. And if you're like me and you there wear are, glasses... There are a lot of... Cha- you know... Yeah, there are be... a lot of challenges, aren't there, to a headset? Because, I mean... Have it, uh, I can't remember what percentage of us wear glasses, but quite well, yeah. a high percentage. A pretty high percentage. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've got to take that into account because I either make it so that you don't have to wear glasses when you put them on or make it so that they're comfortable when you are wearing glasses, which is really difficult. It can be very difficult. So, um, yeah. so it is It is hard. No one's saying it's not hard, but Apple are used to doing hard. Um, rumours say the headset is expected to have an internal screen for virtual reality. No, really? Blimey. Who'd have thought it? (laughs) (laughs) A screen? That's a a novel idea. Uh, Outward facing cameras would allow users to view the real world inside the headset, uh, with augmented reality overlays known as mixed reality. Um, other details corroborated by this report, uh, I'll take corroborated in inverted quotes if it was me, uh, 
The report includes the headset being experimental, unconventional, and costing around $3,000. Now, everybody keeps saying that. Um, We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, um, I, I wonder whether this. I wonder whether they're they're preparing us. This this rumored figure of three thousand dollars. It's exactly the same as the iPad. The yes, first iPad. Yeah, everyone oh. thought it was going to be really really expensive. Yeah, and it ended up being moderately expensive. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone a... said that's fantastic. It sounded <laughs> yeah when they came out and said four nine nine. It sounded amazingly cheap when they'd been bandying around prices in the sort of thousand to twelve hundred bracket. That's right. That's so, right. So you know. if I don't know whether this is the same thing where uh, you know it might it might cost I don't know twelve hundred dollars or something, but well twelve hundred and everyone say, everyone would say that's great. Well, twelve hundred dollars <laughs> would not be outrageous because the the sort of top end competitors uh, like um, was it the Quest Pro? I yes. mean, they're in that sort of bracket, and I can't remember yeah, the I other think one. They are. The other really, uh, like, top-end one. I mean, the Quest 2, which I'm sure is, you know, my boy's got one. He says it's very good. Uh, certainly very good for the price, because I yeah. think that was 200, 300 pounds, which... Yeah, 300 and... I think, yes, I think it's 300 and something. Something. I mean, he he added on to that afterwards. He bought the second, um, the second battery pack. You can buy an additional battery pack, which mounts on the back of the headset and connects in to extend its battery life. So oh, a bit, right, okay. A bit like the sort of Apple mag, you know, humpback battery thing. Um, and he said that, uh, you know, although mounting it on the back of the headset adds, adds to the weight, it actually works quite well because it helps balance the weight on the front of it. Because he said, you know, you're, you're then putting a sort of an equivalent weight on the back of your head to the... yes on the front so although it's heavier on your neck you don't feel your neck being pulled forward by the weight on the front which is you know right makes some sense uh, uh bo- meta quest 2 and get two hit games for 399 all oh, right it's gone up a bit but that's not surprising yeah. at the moment he didn't like pay everything that else. Much, like yes. everything else it's gone up um and yeah. especially as the pound is weak you know um that's and that cool. and that's with two games as well, so the games yeah. might be worth fifty dollars quite easily. Oh, easily so fifty yeah. quid rather. Fifty quid, well, dollars to pounds is about one to one these days, isn't it? There we are. Um, yeah. oh, oh, so they sound exciting games: Golf Plus and Space Pirate Trainer. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, what else? You know. Um, I mean, the other one I've heard not it's not mentioned in this. I think it was. Um, one of the podcasts I listened to said that the rumours include the reality dial, um, which is allegedly on the going to be on the side of the headset, which allows you to uh, effectively turn, as you turn the knob, the amount of inside to outside input is altered. So you can turn it down to, yes. no, you know, only showing what the cameras on the outside show you to all the way up to virtual reality, um, allegedly. Uh, we were only... We were only th- thinking about this yesterday. I was out rambling yesterday. We went out to um, Ticknall, which is near uh, Colcabby in Derbyshire. And um, uh, we were out walking and I was chatting to the person leading the walk. And I said, uh, uh, there are times when it'd be really useful, wouldn't it, just to be able to say, map. <laughs> and it would just come up on your on your head on your glasses, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Showing you whether you were going the right direction and whether you were still on course and that kind of thing. Yep. I thought, that'd be really useful. 
but you don't want to have to walk around with a diving but, mask on your face to do so. No, do exactly. Uh, yeah, that's why it would need to be something that's not much more than a pair of glasses. And I think that's the, the problem. I don't think these w- it will be if no, there is something. No, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be very much... Um, you know, a headset type. A headset yeah. type thing. I mean, the other thing they're saying is um, it's likely to have uh, a battery pack which you put in your pocket or wear on your belt or similarly. Um, oh, that's not such a bad idea. Which, you know... That's not some, such a bad idea. Ta- some, take some of the weight off your head. Yeah, some people have been poo-pooing that, but I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, batteries are fairly heavy. If you're going to put it... This is the problem with some of the headsets that have a battery. You know, they tend to be mounted in the front of the bloody device, which contributes yeah. to neck strain, which is, as I say, my boy said, That's adding, right. you know, bizarrely adding a second battery made it better because it balances the weight out. There we go. So that was that. We shall see. I mean, this is all rumour, well. you know, all these things that are corroborated and confirmed. And No, 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 they're not. Not until Tim... Ask somebody to demo it on the stage. There we go. Um, if you watch, um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but my wife likes it. It was um, I'm a celebrity, and um, they were yeah. doing a, they were doing a challenge, and one of them got really excited. And Fatima Whitbread said, "Don't celebrate till the medal's round your bloody neck," <laughs> <laughs> which is a, a pretty good way of putting it. You know, it ain't yeah. over till it's over. Um, apparently, you may not need to say. AS anymore, according to Mac rumours. Um, Apple is working on a major change to Siri, which will move away from the AS trigger phrase, um, according to Mark German. Um, wow, you know, they will drop the hay in the trigger phrase. Well, and I hardly strike that me as a major change. I'm fairly sure that's a fairly simple software change to change the recognisable phrase. Um I'm surprised they haven't done it before, to be honest. But um, yeah, uh, oh, I see. They're not getting rid of the. I, I was wondering how that how they were going to do it if you weren't going to say hi. Hey, I'm sorry, yeah, hey, yeah. hey, S lady. <laughs> um, how were they going to do it? But that, all that all they're suggesting is they're going to say S lady instead. Yes, mm. much like um, okay. with the echo, where you can say outset it to be echo or computer or Alexa, and yes. Wow. I hardly consider that to be a major change, Mr. German. No, Um, not really. I'm sure that's a fairly simple uh, trigger phrase recoding in the software. There we go. Um, It would probably be helpful. Although I suppose the... uh, Potentially, there could be some mix-ups if you're if you're prone to call people silly all the while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, I've had mine set off occasionally when I say seriously, and it will... um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there we go. So that's Mr. German uh, with the possibility that the trigger phrase for Siri might change. Um, as I say, I don't think that's a major change. It'd be useful, I think. Um, well, anything that makes it a bit shorter, that, that'd be good. Yes. And um, possibly more like the Alexa, uh, able to just say a phrase rather than AS, wait for the ding. Um, yes. They have partly done that because there are certain phrases you can use which will directly feed in. And I've mentioned it before, but if I say, hey, S, tell somebody and then a message, you don't have to do the, you know. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it, if they could if they could put it in their static devices so hmm. that so that it watches your eyes. That's an interesting idea for them. 
Mm. <laughs> so it washes your eyes. So when you look at it and say, you know, what's on the telly later, mm. it, it, it knows you're looking at it and it will respond. Would not mm. be a bad thing to do, would it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be even better. And then you wouldn't have to have a trigger word at all. True. Um, oh, okay, would, wouldn't work in all circumstances, I appreciate. But, uh, no, but, but be... <laughs> that idea just came into my head. There you go, Tim. Yep, you can have that one for free. We'll give you that Indeed. one for nothing. Eh? Um, Apple bringing flagship Pro apps to the iPad. This surprising feature is a game changer from um, Inc. This, of course, the fact that Apple without hardly any trumpeting at all, announced that they were bringing Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro to the iPad. Um, it's about time, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in all honesty, they should have been available when the iPad Pro became a thing. Yes. Um, I mean, it well, could be... Well, uh, certainly, certainly the M1-powered ones, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I... My take on that is, despite everybody saying immediately, why isn't they there? Why aren't they there? Is we know Apple, you know, are very finicky about these things. And um, as it says I mean, here, hope, you know, Final Cut Pro. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Logic Pro have very dense user in- interfaces designed for a keyboard and a mouse. And that right. is different from something designed for a touch interface. So, I mean, it could yeah. just be that they were, you know, you know how fussy Apple can be about these things. So I'm sure they were determined to make sure that they were happy with how it works with a touch interface rather than simply um, attempting to emulate. That's a fair, you know. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, so there we go. Um, also, of course, the reason it's a slight surprise is because with WWDC not far away, uh, as it says, you'd expect the company to make a major software annou- uh, announcement like this there. This is likely because Apple yeah. already has a lot to talk about. Um, and yeah, if Apple be. had to clear the way by rolling this out as a press release. Um, but it, it's not it's not like they haven't it's not like they haven't got um, uh, uh What's the word? Skin in the game, as it were, no. <laughs> for having long, 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 uh, two-hour-long announcements. So, uh, no, I mean, that... I'm glad they've done it. But as you say, I, it would have made sense for it to come out at to WWDC, really. Yeah, but you know, I think the the perception of most people is that they've done this because they don't want to have an overly long, a great big long, yeah, possibly keynote. So. Plus, of course, obviously, despite the way a lot of you know bloggers and people treat WWDC, it is in reality um, a software developer conference. A software <laughs> developer conference to talk about new and upcoming things. Um, yes, it's not a really a product announcement uh, platform, so. But again, no. Apple have muddied the waters on previous ones, haven't they, boy? Oh, yes. <laughs> Making fairly major announcements. <laughs> but often, I think, if you look back at them, a lot of the things that they have announced there are relevant to developers. So they might be, you know, like the unveiling... Oh, without the, a doubt. You yeah, know, unveiling, unveiling the M1, um, things like the Apple Watch, where... They announce it, and then obviously all the developers can go away to workshops and be told how they can develop things for these new yeah. pieces of hardware or new APIs or whatever it is they're um, introducing. I think, I think what I'm saying really, I think what I'm saying really is never say never with Apple. You just you oh just no, don't know really. You just don't know. <laughs> you do not know until Tim, you know, 
until the fat lady sings. Until the fat lady well, sings, yeah. I can't or, call him a fat lady. He'd be a pot, he'd be uh, yeah. offended, I'm sure. <laughs> or until the slim, <laughs> the slim Tim does his praying hands. There we go. Slim Tim, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Of course, the other the other surprise about this is um, it's a subscription service, which is not something Apple normally do. Uh, oh, right! It's apparently yeah. uh, four ninety nine a month. I guess that's per app, uh, or forty nine dollars uh, a year. Use either app on your iPad. Um, well, I suppose sure. that's quite good value, really, isn't it? I guess it is. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Uh, I mean, guess. I mean, not... the thing is, I, I wouldn't use either of them, but uh, no. because they're both way beyond what I need. But I guess for a you know professional piece of software, that's that's not bad. Well, of course, you do have the bonus yeah. with Apple that a subscription is easily cancelled. So exactly, if yeah, you are so a... mate, even even if you only if you only want to use it for three months on a project, then you can do that and. So then, I've had enough of that now. Yeah, and then stop and just, you know, or pay for it for a month when you need it. Yeah. And I guess mm, if you're an actual pro, you know, if you're an actual pro user, then it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, I've always said this, even Adobe, who charge, you know, quite a lot of money by the month. Yeah, I mean, if you're using it for a business, you're using it for a business, business end of story. And, and and you know, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> that's just an overhead, and that's yeah, you know, that's different. If you're a hobby user, then different kettle of fish. Um, plus, of course, you've got you know there are competitors. There's Luma Fusion and um, Ferrite and various other you know pro level apps on the iPad already. The so, thing I like the thing I like about it is that you you I mean you may want to have a double with it. If it's only going to cost you four ninety five, or you know, a couple of months worth, perhaps, then hmm. that 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 that's a good investment in money to see whether it's something you might use or might not. Uh, I believe as well, Apple. Is there a minimum? Is no, there a minimum no. subscription? No. Um, I believe they're giving you a thirty day free trial. Oh, okay. On top of that, that's pretty good. I think I'm sure I read that somewhere. Can't see it in here, but I'm sure they mention it. Um. Well, I'm glad they've done it because people have been crying out for it, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the people who need it. I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that there's a 30 day free trial, at least at the moment. I'd have to verify that. Don't quote me on that, but um, yeah. I'm sure I saw that somewhere. That would not be unusual for Apple to do that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, for those of you who've been crying out for Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro on your iPads, I think you need an M1. I think you need an M1 uh, iPad to do it, and I believe it uses. You yeah, need to that need the pencil, me at all. and you need the pencil, which also doesn't surprise me because um, yeah, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you redesign it; you're going to end up with fairly small points that you're going to need to. Uh... Well, if you want to accurately place your, you know, your IB in, right. in your music or whatever, or your or your timeline, I think you're going to need to use a pencil for that. Um, that sounds sensible. Yeah. Um. I wasn't sure really whether to put this in tech, uh, in security and um, thing. Pass keys may not be for you, but they are safe and easy to use. And here's why. This is uh, Ars Technica, obviously uh, talking about the fact that Google have introduced pass keys. Um, and uh, who was it? Was it Guy who said, I don't trust Google? I'm not sure. Oh, is it the same technology? It's, yeah. It's Google who... Um, They've introduced it. I signed up to it straight away. You can log into your is, Google account. Isn't it, 
isn't isn't the logic that um that you're holding your own keys therefore yes that's I thought it. I thought the whole point of pass keys is that Apple doesn't have them and yeah well you have do you know what I mean yeah and Apple Go- has the Apple has the public key and you have the private key as that is exactly it and it's the same thing yeah. it's the it's the Fido um yes Fido Alliance people people and um. Yeah. Google are the first. I mean, Apple, I think, have... I'm not sure if Apple... Some things support passkeys. It's going to take time to roll out. But Google introduced it on a week or so ago. And... Um, yeah, the the only website I've come across that actually used it was Virgin Media, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, the last time I went on to Virgin Media, you know, it popped up that little message which says, you, you know, you, you want to use passkeys or whatever it says. So, anyway, this article uh, on ours... Say, yes. Yep, well, this article on Ars Technica, um, this one is a little Q&A. Um, it says, uh, a recent feature written by the same art, uh, author attracted significant interest in a number of the 1,100-plus uh, comments raised questions about how passkeys actually work and if it, if it can be trusted. So I've put together this list of frequently asked questions to dispel myths and shed light on what we know and don't know about passkeys. And the top one is, I don't trust Google. Why should I use their passkeys? Um, oh, right. Okay. And then, if you don't use Google, then Google passkeys are no use to you. If you don't use Apple or Microsoft products, the sim- situation is similar. The original article was aimed at the hundreds of millions of people who do use these platforms, even if grudgingly. That said, passkey usage is quickly expanding beyond the major tech players, right? In, in a month or two, for example, one password and other third parties will begin supporting passkey syncing and populate the credentials in your trusted devices. While Google is further along than other services in allowing logins with passkeys, new services allow users to log in with their accounts with passkeys just about every week. In short, you can use passkeys even if you don't trust Google, Apple or Microsoft. Um, so anyway, then some of the I often find I often find um, when I'm looking at these sort of Q and A's, some of the questions seem to be, and I understand why they're asking the questions, but they they almost seem to be, uh, yeah, I know we're not having passwords anymore, but how are we going to protect our passwords? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean. They're mm. a little bit like they don't quite understand that there won't actually physically be a password anymore. <laughs> yeah. Or, or sorry, there will be a password, but um, but you won't have to use it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, but, isn't it? It's a, it's a little bit like a concept thing that will take us a little while to get our heads around. I think, I think so. But, but basically, but it, it will be great. It'd be great if everyone started using it because it will just make life so much easier. I mean, in effect, what they're doing is you know, like you can get a Yubi key or uh, whatever mine's Facian or various other hardware. Yeah keys what they're doing is saying right yes. we will allow you to use your ipad or um phone or other device as a hardware key and yeah. um as you said nick how it works is you generate a pass key and you give the public key to the other service and you keep the private key and when you use the pass key they fit together they fit together and the decryption is done on your device, not at the other end, and then your device sends a cryptographic, not your key, but a cryptographic OK to the device to say that they match. And so the other end, Apple, Google, Microsoft, whatever, never get your private key. 
all they get is a no. this key and this key fit together and they produce this cryptographic answer which you then accept to say that you have a match and then you log log me in. Um Yes. That's, that's how it I... works. And I understand some people's I think it's thing brilliantly that... simple in I mean it is complex, but it's in its complexity it's it it's yes. simple. I mean it, it's such a good idea. The... I'm surprised that we haven't had it for a long time. The... I mean, it, it's it's basically the same kind of technique that you know end-to-end encrypted password work, but yes, and and in fact, I, I mean, this kind of public-private key thing was used back for email originally, wasn't it? Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's back in the day. It's the oldest and most tested technique. Over time, what they used to encrypt it has changed because. Various encryption screams have been, you know, broken by more powerful computers. But um, anyway, this Q and A has. A... If you ever want to, if you ever want to see a, a simple example description of it, have a search back through the um, Christmas Leith lectures. Yes, because I remember it being described, doing it in one of those where they used boxes and keys, different coloured keys in the boxes. Yeah, uh, and uh, that helped me understand it the first time I went through it. I thought, oh, ah, yes. clicked, you know. <laughs> I, I get you, yeah, you know. You have a red key and a yellow key, and when they're put together, they make a green key, and you pass the green right. key over, right? And you know, you only That's ever only you, yeah. you only ever have the you know. see, seeing it actually physically done in the studio was actually sort of. Mm. It, it, if it, particularly if you're like me and your visual, you you find visual things helpful. Uh, I found that very helpful because it it's not complicated really. No, it's, what it's, it's doing is complex. But yeah, how but it the works, sort of. Yeah, the, the guts of it, it isn't complicated at all. The guts of it are complicated. You know, much like an internal combustion engine, the concept is simple. That all the bits that are needed to make it work are complicated. That's right. Absolutely. So. Um, one of the questions here is, was there not a recent article about a Mac OS malware which could steal iCloud keychain items? This may be a reference to Mac Stealer malware, which was recently advertised in underground crime forums. There are no reports of this actually being used in the wild and no confirmation that it actually even exists. All we know is that there are adverts on the underground purporting that it exists. Um, so, Interesting. Um, there we are. Um, yeah, so if that's someone's, a, if someone's stealing your keychain, they're at your computer. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so that's uh, a, an interesting Q and A. If you're interested in that, and uh, below that, I have linked his original um, article, which is Google Pass Keys are a no-brainer. You've turned them on, right? Which is a more in-depth, a slightly more technical, um, a slightly more technical breakdown of how they work. So if you're interested in that, they're both a good read. Um, both a very good read. Um, yeah, jolly good. Uh, roll, Tim, roll them on. Roll them, them on. There. That's what I say. De- definitely. Roll them on there. Along with power over the air. Thank you. I don't care. Oh, yes, that'd be good. <laughs> I want power over the air. You know. um, Get rid of these blooming cables. Yeah, away with you cables. <laughs> uh, Tim Cook... Addresses chat GPT popularity, calls AI's potential very interesting. This was Apple Magazine, I think it was a week or so ago. Um, Tim, being Tim, is fairly um, cautious in what he says. Um, 
Um, according to Cook, Apple has already incorporated AI and machine learning into several products and services such as fall detection, crash detection, ECG, um, and assured us that the company would continue to integrate AI into offerings on a very thoughtful basis, which is very Tim Cook. It's like, yes, I'm very interested in it. Yes, we're working on it. Uh, no, we're not just going to stuff it in everything just because it's the latest <laughs> hotness. Which is, you know, yeah. Uh, very good. Um, as they say at the end, um, the information reported last month that Apple employees have criticised series shortcomings are working on a large language model improvements, which they hope to implement uh, probably next year. Um, oh, that'd be good. Anything that would improve Siri would be um, <laughs> would yeah. be good. Yep. Oh, I was trying to get it to show me something last week. Um, and don't get me wrong. Um, the A lady also can get it completely wrong sometimes. Uh, but uh, Siri particularly, I mean, I was I can't remember what I was trying to get her to do. And she was just answering a completely different question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kept saying, I kept saying, that's not the question I just asked. Bless her. Right. Uh, millions of Apple users are warned of a major messaging downgrade. That's a bit of a fib. Uh, Apple Watch users who use um, the Facebook Messenger are going to find that um, Meta are removing the Facebook Messenger app from the Apple Watch. Um, you will still be able to read your notifications on the phone, but you'll no be able, no longer be able to reply from your watch. Um, you I'd can... be interested to know how many people who have an Apple Watch actually use Facebook Messenger on it. I bet you it's not many. <laughs> Probably not that many. Um, I think the reason is obvious, though. Meta has not found a way to monetize the small screen because Apple do not allow it. Um... <laughs> Yes, it's not fair. They won't allow us to advertise our stuff. Yeah, it seems the problem isn't the size of the device, but the operating system and app store it runs. Apple's rules are at odds with Meta's business model. Um, Apple prohibits trackers and has strict policies on advertising. The rules are detailed in the app store guidelines and should not be included in extensions, app clips, widgets, notifications, keyboards, watch OS apps, etc. Um, that means that the Meta app for Apple Watch has to deliver what I want and app, uh, Meta does not. Ad-free, tracker-free experience. So, there you go. Oi, Facebook, no. <laughs> Oi, Facebook, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite right. Oh, dear. Uh, right. Um, so, that's that. If you are a Facebook Messenger user, bad luck. You can't use the app on the watch after the end of May. Um this is uh, this dock concept is what we want to see from Mac OS 14 on Tech Radar. This is a concept piece, obviously. Um, somebody has, uh, you know, built a concept where the dock behaves more like the dynamic island. Um, actually, quite a feasible um, prediction, to be honest. Um, interesting concept, and actually, one I could see Apple doing something similar i mean the dynamic island on the iphone 14 pro series um would be brought to the mac i don't know what you think about that nick ah oh, i don't really understand it's got a video hasn't it so i mm. haven't really looked at it I, 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 without seeing it I, no. I, I don't really know what it's suggesting but well it's suggesting that the dot I... could 
be more like the dynamic island and have, you know, things that expand outwards and play oh, right. mini-videos. I quite and... like the Doctor the way it is, but uh, I'm just yeah. old-fashioned. I quite like the Doctor the <laughs> way it is, but, I, I, you know, I'm not going to poo-poo this. I mean, people seem to like the dynamic island. If they were to bring it to the dock, I don't think it would be unbearable. I'm sure it would be, you no, know. No, I'm sure. I'm sure I'd get used to whatever they decided to do. And if it, you know, I'm pretty sure as well, the sort of things that you could be, you'd be able to put in there, like perhaps some sort of widgets or whatever, if you don't like them, don't put them in the dock. As simple as that. Or well, probably maybe there aren't, there aren't many off. things. There aren't many things. There aren't many things on Mac OS that I'd say drive me mad. No, I know. I know. I know. Macs have particular ways of doing things, and some of them might seem a little bit arcane to those non-Mac users. But um, well, I don't use my Mac that often. But when I am using it for like doing the church magazine and whatever, I, I I never find myself thinking, "Oh, I wish that worked differently." No, no. On the no. whole, I don't either. So it's got an awful lot of years development into it, making it better and better and better, and it's never going to suit everybody. Oh, no, nothing ever is, is it? Nothing no. ever is. Um, I, I did. I read an article earlier today, which um, I closed before I sent it to my scrapbook for including in the stories, and it then promptly vanished, probably because it decided I'd read it and that was that. And disappeared it from my timeline, but um, oh, right. it was um, basically somebody bought um, a 2013 24-inch iMac, uh, kind of as an experiment to see how they could get on. Um, obviously, that only goes up to 10.5.7, I think. That Catalina, I think. Anyway, so they were, you know, documenting their experiences with it, saying obviously the um, safari on it is out of date but you can download other um, browsers which are more up to date and so on you know is it slow yes is it this is it that i mean it was um, a 2013 model it came with uh, eight gig of ram and a spinning hard drive so you know you can imagine it's not going to be a rocket incredibly snappy no no but as they said, it was um, it was actually you know usable as a sort of secondary device, maybe something you'd put in your kitchen or something similar. Um, yeah. And then their their end, you know, their end kind of point was as hardware. It's still a very good piece of hardware. Apple have stopped basically supporting it. So your best bet, if you were to buy one, would probably be to install uh, you know a Linux distro, and uh, you'd probably screw a few more years out of it which is my experience really when you get a machine yeah. that's sort of well, up to about 10 years i think you can usually keep a mac going once apple really you know once it really falls behind your best bet usually is to put um a lighter weight linux on it os on it yeah yeah i've, I've done that with a, i mean i had a white you know one of the white polycarbonate um macbooks which was, mm-hmm. you know, really quite old, and I put a version of Ubuntu on it and made it a usable for lightweight tasks. Anyway, the perfectly usable machine. Yes, and screwed a couple more years out of it. So it's um the hardware's good, you know, and Apple supports stuff for quite a long time, usually five to seven years or so, and you can usually keep it going for a couple more years after that. And um, if the hardware's fine, yeah, if you put a a reasonable Linux on it, you can keep it going longer still. So, so um, unfortunately, I don't have a link to that. If you're uh, listening to this and find it interesting, you'll just have to 
See if you can turn yeah. it up. Go in search of it. Go in search of it. It's like I bought a 2013 iMac, you know, how did it turn out kind of article. Um, and the last Apple story really is uh, hands-on with the new iPhone 15 and 15 Pro designs compared to the iPhone 14 lineup. Um, this is on Apple Insider who say, <clears throat> we got our hands on an exclusive set of mock-up iPhone 15 units complete with working buttons. These are how the changes and features compare to the iPhone 14. Um, Apple Insider is a pretty um, solid site, but I would still treat this with a certain amount of um, scepticism, you know. If you're desperate Who to... Cares? Yeah, yeah, for me, that's... Who cares? It's their like, phones, their phones, they look pretty much like the old phones. phones exactly. <laughs> I think I'm very much of the... If you're really that desperate, you know, to find out what you think might happen, me, I'd rather wait until they actually bring them out on stage and show us what they look like. Uh, and there we are. So, let's um, move on, shall we, Nick? I've got one here in technology. Why your thoughts might not be private for much longer. That's on the BBC Science Focus magazine. Um, I don't think we'll go into that. It's about um, brainwave reading technology. If people are interested in it, search it out. I'll leave it in the show notes if people are interested. Um, the guy is basically saying we should update human rights to, uh, you know, privacy of your brainwaves should be included. Um, I kind of in I kind of agree with him, but um, it's a bit too long to discuss here, really. So we'll skip over that one. Yeah, um, I, I it, also I also think that um, we're so we're so at the beginning of of that. I mean, it's a little bit like it would be a little bit like us trying to discuss AI uh, uh, about two years ago, <laughs> when there was almost nothing in the media at all about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there were people working and then it on it. They exploded. I mean, suddenly, yeah, yeah so, somebody uh, brings may, it out. Maybe, maybe there is a point at which they're going to be able to read minds, but I, th I think we're a long way from that yet. Um, yeah, if you're interested, in it, it's not a bad read, but it, it's a bit too long for here. Yeah. We've been going quite a while. So um, apparently millions of Android phones are shipping with malware already installed. This is from Tech Radar. Um, Android devices are leaving the factory already compromised reports, uh, Warren. Um, Trend Micro, who of course are big on malware tracking, have discovered a worrying supply chain attack in which millions of Android devices are infected with InfoStealer malware before they get out of the factory. Oh, um, affected devices are I mostly... Like his name. The researcher's name is Fyodor, Fyodor Yaro, Yarochkin. That's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> and his colleague, Zeng Yudong. Mm. Um Apparently, uh, mostly budget smartphones, but the attacks build into smartwatches, TVs, and other smart devices. Uh, the root of the problem stems from brutal competition among original equipment manufacturers. Uh, smartphone makers aren't making all of their components. Firmware, for example, is being built by third-party firmware suppliers. However, the price of a mobile phone firmware kept dropping. The providers in, ended up being unable to charge money for their products. The products started coming with little unwanted extra in the form of silent plugins. Trend Micro found dozens of firmware images looking for malicious software, 80 different plugins. Some plugins were part of a wider business model and sold on the dark web and marketed in mainstream social media platforms and blogs. 
These plugins are capable of stealing sensitive information, SMS messages, take control of media accounts, use the devices for ad and click fraud, uh, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, yeah, buyer beware, as they say. Yep. Um, that's not a, it's a bad. It's a terrible story, but it's sort of what we've come to expect, really. I mean, we always we always knew that uh, computers were shipped with lots of bloatware, weren't they? So, yep. Um, you know, the fact just... that some stuff gets onto these things that we perhaps don't want is not surprising. I'm sure Apple wouldn't let that happen. So. No, because I'm pretty sure they do all their own firmware, but I, I can see it. it's the usual, you know, commoditization where people are working on razor thin margins. That's right. That's and right. And if someone comes along and says, actually, you, you can have this. and Exactly. For a second then, I thought I'd closed my connection. No, no, no. It's <laughs> just one I of didn't. those. Um... I didn't. I just, mini- just minimised Safari by accident. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um... Always the risk, isn't it? When things get down to razor-thin margins, the temptation for somebody to do something a little bit naughty, generate a few pennies, uh, you know, becomes a problem. Um, And that's pretty much all we've got, really. I've got Worth the Chirps. Um, I watched this last night, and it's really, really good. Um, How to watch the new Michael J. Fox documentary still. don't really know how this is actually a story because it's you know, go on Apple TV Plus and select it, but um, <laughs> you know it's being heavily promoted. It's um, it's quite a well done, um, well done documentary. Obviously, they're interviewing Michael J. Fox about his um, Parkinson's disease. Um, quite cleverly, when they're narrating things from his earlier life, they use lots of clips from movies. And TV shows, right? But not as clips from movies. So when he's talking about things that he did, you know, when he was younger, they string together a bunch of clips of him just running around or walking into a bar or going into an yes. office, that sort of thing. It's very clever, um, you know, rather than kind of having somebody trying to pretend to be him. And then later on, when he talks about after he you know, come clean about the fact. And they they show some clips of him before he'd said that he'd got um, Parkinson's and it's sort of saying, look, you know, I'd got symptoms, so you'll see me trying to hide it by making sure there's something in my left hand or, you know, holding on to a desk or this, that, that. But there's one where he's, like, crossing his arms and if you look, because you're now aware of it, you look, you can see his fingers are spasming and he tucks it under his armpit. Right. Um, It's an interesting documentary he's very honest and open about it and um about well that's a good thing you know it's a good thing and about yeah i'm sure that will help some people very uh, much so and um obviously if you don't know he uh, started a foundation um him and muhammad ali uh were big on pushing the american um Congress, I think. Is it Congress? I don't know which one's which. Um, or maybe it's the Senate. Whatever, to put more money into research and support for people with um, Parkinson's. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a very good watch. And he's very open about how he was in denial and turned to drink. And um, basically, he was trying to hide from himself and threw himself into work and all that. It's a very, it's a very good documentary. Um, and he's very honest. Yeah. He's very honest might, about uh, it all. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a very good watch and definitely worth, if you're in even remotely interested in how Parkinson's affects people. Um, and he kept on, he, you know, at first he was sort of, you know, he tried to hide it, then he came out and he said people might reject him and they just carried on 
employing him, saying, well, you know, if you've got Parkinson's, just let it be what it is. Um, yeah. If you've watched Designated Survivor, have you seen that one? That's a, I think that's an Amazon show. Um, he has a small oh, part. Yeah. yeah, he has a small part yeah. towards the, in the later series where he comes on as um, Kiefer Sutherland's uh, advisor. Right. And he comes in, and I think they've made his hair white and whatnot, but he comes in with a stick, you know, and he's not faking the fact that he's got Parkinson's in that. He kind of walks funny and can't stand still while he's advising the president. But Mm -hmm. they just employed him, and it's like, just be what you are, you know? Yeah. So um, that's a a very good documentary, uh, quite moving, and very honest and open. Um, And Apple TV... Plus has dropped a teaser for Foundation Series 2 and uh, reveals its release date. Hurrah! Oh, cool. Because I really liked Foundation. I know it doesn't follow the books, but it's um, that's not a problem for me. It's, oh, uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very good. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the Immortal Emperors is not part of the books, but they work really well as a story um, yeah. device to string, you know, what is a thousand-year-long tale together. Um so, yeah, there's a teaser for that. And um, the other thing I've been watching, and I know you've been watching it as well, Nick, is Silo. Yeah, interesting. It's interesting very good. One, yeah. I must admit. Moving yeah. quite slowly to start, but um, deep, deep hints that uh, something is all, all is not well in the silo. Let's put it that way. Indeed. 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 And um, I've been watching um, what everyone had probably seen before me, but I, I hadn't watched up till now. I've been, I've been watching The Mandalorian. Oh, yes. So I've uh, I've just I've just started the third series of the Mandalorian. I enjoy I enjoyed yeah, that. Good, I, I did, like it. I did enjoy that. I, I wasn't... didn't know I didn't know whether I would because I'm not a great fan of Star Wars. I, I probably just committed sacrilege that all the <laughs> Americans have probably just signed off. Um, but but I'm not a great fan of. I I, I feel. Many of the films are just too long, and they just don't seem to go anywhere very much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've really enjoyed The Mandalorian. I thought The Mandalorian was good. Like like most of these things, a little bit slow to start with, but it, it picks up pace. And so, yeah. yeah I was good. not... This is, this is the way. Yeah, <laughs> this is the way. I was not that keen on the second season. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wasn't like, oh, but I didn't think it was as good as the first season. And yeah. I thought this season was better and picked up and was a little bit more focused. Let's put it that way. Yes. Um, and the... so, yes, I've been I've been catching up on what an awful lot of people saw years ago, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. It's good. Well, the Mandalorian season three is fairly near, isn't it? I didn't watch it until it was all done and um, dusted. Yeah. Yeah, so I could watch the whole lot. Um, obviously, that's on Disney Plus. That's good. The other thing I've been watching is Citadel, which is... Oh, I um, no, I haven't watched that. That's, um, I think that's a love it or hate it thing. It's a bit, it's one of these sort of slightly silly secret agents who've had their memories wiped or whatever and then gradually, oh, right. gradually realise that they're actually super secret agents and the agency they work with has been destroyed by mega criminals and it's very James Bondish. If you like that yes. sort of thing, and there's a lot of fighting in it, and there's things where people are being battered, and you think, wow, two of those punches would lay anybody out, but they keep fighting for another four <laughs> minutes. You know, yes. having, having <laughs> sinks smashed over their heads and all sorts of things. But, you know, it, if you like that sort of thing, it's not... It is what it is. They're only on episode three, I think, so... But, it, yes, whenever, it's, it's very whenever James Whenever I see Bondy. anything like that... 
yeah whenever i see anything like that it reminds me of the <laughs> uh, is, is it the, is it in um Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Grail where they chop his legs off and his arms mm. off. And, yeah, he's exactly. still saying, come on, come, come on. on, you think that's going to stop me? Hey, I can bite you. <laughs> I can still bite you. Come here, you coward. Yeah. <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. A flesh wound? I've taken your bloody legs off. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, that's all that. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, and for the just a snippet to round it out... Um, a check signed by Steve Jobs sold for over a hundred thousand dollars at auction. Wow! Um, some people got more money than sense. If you want my honest opinion, obviously. I guess mm. if you've got that sort of money to throw around, it's nice. Yeah, you can frame it and put it on the wall. And here's my originally, you know, here's my Steve Jobs signed check. Fantastic, super duper, lovely. Um, <laughs> good for you. You know, and it's like people who buy Apple One computers for obscene amounts of money. Um, Fine, I guess, if you've got that sort of money to throw around. Um, oh, what was the one I mentioned in the Slack room? Uh, Golden Ticket, um, which is a show, and I can't remember what service it was on. It's called Golden Ticket, so, uh, like, you know, because that's the name of the bloke who owns the auction house. Right. And, um, they specialise in collectibles. <clears throat> and a lot of it is about sporting memorabilia and whatnot, which doesn't really interest me, so I kind of skip forward through that. But they do have other things in there, which more geeky things like uh, Pokemon cards and um, uh, right, yeah, things like that uh, come up. There's a guy they go and visit a guy who's got a, an Apple One that they convince him to put to auction, and then he says, "Do you want to see my other apples?" And they go in this room, and he goes, "Oh, I've got every single apple ever made. Um, many of them still in boxes." <laughs> And uh, they're saying, "Well, did you sell any of this stuff?" Oh, yeah, probably. But that's um, it's a bit like those sort of um, treasure hunter type things, but it's more upmarket than that. Um, yes, yeah. And some of it's interesting. Some of the things they convince people to part with. Um, and I, I, I found it interesting because uh, yeah, there's some tech stuff in there. They, they came up with the um, the Seiko wrist Mac, which was something we talked about many shows ago. Um, oh yes, yeah. The thing that they gave <laughs> the astronauts so that they could um, do email from. Uh, from the shuttle, I think. Anyway, um, and then we've got uh, a last little story. The bad news is you got hit by a car. The good news is Tim Cook wishes you a speedy recovery. This is on Matt Trast. Um, apparently, um, this guy said, I heard a loud, uh, a loud car in the streets. Um, I took a few steps out into the street. The car came round the corner and hit me. I was shocked. I mean, the sheer force of what it's like to get hit by a vehicle. Uh, the watch knew I'd taken a hard fall and wasn't responding. <clears throat> so the watch called 911. I laid there and my family had to come out and find me. And that's a difficult scenario. Um, apparently then uh, reached out to CEO Tim Cook to explain what had happened. And Cook replied, he wished me a speedy recovery and let me know that this is why we design these types of features, features he said. Um, <laughs> police identified the driver of the hit and run um, as his fa family reached out to the department after the crash. Uh, he's been interviewed, but um, no charging decision has been made. Uh, also, um, Rod Corb, uh, who is the gentleman who was struck there's, this is an example of how social media can be used for good. Online detectives helped identify the vehicle after he posted a picture. So, there you go. Um, 
Cool. Don't recommend getting hit by a car, but you no. know. <laughs> Tim Cook. <laughs> Tim Cook saying, uh, "I hope you recover soon." And um, this is why we do these things. Is quite a nice thing yeah. to happen, I suppose. So good on you. Good on Slim Tim. There we are. Indeed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I think I think that'll do it, Nick. We're done. So right, uh, yeah. we'll Holy wrap good. it. We'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. In the words, in the words of that of of the BT advert from the what was it the eighties? It's good to talk. <laughs> That's the one. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, it was uh, Maureen Lippman, I think. Was that was that, oh, the one? Was that no? The one I don't think it was. It wasn't it. Um, oh, what was his name? Or was it the birdie? No, it, no. It was the. It was a man who used to say, and he said, "It's good. It's good to talk." What was his name? Uh, don't remember that one. I remember the phrase. Uh, I can't remember who was in the ad. Yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, it's possible Maureen Lipman was also part of those. But that uh, is quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the one, the one I can picture in my head is a man, and I can't think what his name was. Uh, anyway. Yeah. You know, no, maybe <laughs> somebody. Maybe somebody will tell us. Maybe somebody will tell us. Indeed. So there we go. We'll wrap it up. Uh, you can find me, of course, on the Twitter and Mastodon as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. You can find uh, Nick and myself and many others in the Slack room. And if you want to join the Slack room, just follow the link in the show notes. And that's all you need to do. Um, and there you are. We'll wrap this one up and hopefully we'll be back next week with more stuff to talk about. So until then, Nick and I will say goodbye. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Looking for a show that talks about Apple and Apple products? Then Geekiest Show Ever is for you. What about Amazon? Google. Geekiest Show Ever is for you. Mesh networks, distance learning, all kinds of technology, interviews. Yes, Geekiest Show Ever covers that too. I'm Elisa Paselli. And I'm Melissa Davis. Listen to the Geekiest Show Ever on the MyMac Podcasting Network in your favorite podcast player. Feedback, show ideas, and reviews, always welcome.
Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening. Hello. Hello. You're right. Yes, thank you. I've, I'm just trying to work out. I must admit, I don't quite understand power adapters. Oh. I'm just trying to work out what the polarity of this power adapter is. Um, so I, the blooming thing failed again this morning. You know, I've told you that the transmitter down at church keeps failing. Yes. If I if I leave it if I leave it plugged into the mains for a prolonged period, they just fail. Mm. So I've now I've been digging through a box of um, of um, adapters at home to try and find one that's the same. I think I found one, but yeah. I can't see a polarity on this. You're supposed to be able to see either it should have a plus or a minus on it, which I can't see, or it should have though like three circles with yeah. a c in the middle yeah um so that the old one the one that's broken has got that the new the one i'm thinking of replacing it with hasn't and the only other i don't know whether you know much about this but the only other thing i don't know that it's different and i don't know whether it matters it's got input 100 to 240 volts which is fair enough 50 to or 60 hertz which is yep. fair enough yep and then it's got on the old one it's got 0.2 amps and on this one, it's got 0.3 amps. Yeah, I don't think under that the input. I don't think that's that under the input. The output, yeah, the output's exactly the same: five volt and one amp. So yeah, I'm hoping that will be okay. That should be all right, as long as the polarity's right. You just need to find out if the polarity's correct. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't say on the label, so I'm not quite sure how you can tell. I don't think you can unless it's got the little thing saying. You know, usually has a thing, doesn't it, saying like plus pointing to the middle and minus to the outer ring yes. or, or vice versa. Yeah, this one doesn't have that, I'm afraid. Not that I can see anyway. It's very little, very little writing. Isn't it just? <laughs> isn't it yeah. just? This is where I use my iPhone. Take a shot with the iPhone and then zoom it up. Yeah, that's that's what I've done with the other one. I'm going to do that now. That's a good idea. Hold it a bit. There I have tried. I've tried using the magnifier app, but that's basically just the camera app without any snaps. And if you zoom yes. it in a lot, trying to hold it still enough to keep it in focus is often not worth the bother. Hmm. I'm still not seeing anything. No. It's got a square. Oh no, that's got a square on it as well, with another square inside it. Yeah, that's, that's often the same. That's the same thing, I think, isn't it? That's usually a yeah. No, it doesn't actually say, which is annoying. Oh, well, I might risk it. Yeah, the only thing to do, plug it in. If it turns on, it's great. If it doesn't, pull it out sharpish. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, oh. yeah, so that's that's my problem from this morning. It's, it just had gone again, which means we couldn't see the screens at the front of the church. Oh. So Very think, irritating. You think the power adapter is flaky then? Well... I've sent three of them back. Mm. So uh, uh, the whole box, you know, the whole thing, mm. the uh, the receive, the transmitter and the power supply, and I've replaced them three times, but they all seem to fail. So I, I think it must be a general fault with that particular power supply. It's a Chinese one. Oh, yeah, of course it is. They're all Chinese. Because they nearly all are. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, it's like you know, I keep telling my family when you get stuff because they all come with those generic power supplies. And yeah. I say, put a sticker on it to tell you what it goes to, because if it gets separated, oh, you'll never find it again. And nobody I've got ever a big, does. I've got a, you know, and then you've got yeah, a big I've got box. A, I've got an A4 box upstairs, you know, an A4 mm. photocopy box full of adapters. And I have mm. no idea what they're for. <laughs> no, and half of them badly marked as well. So, like, you know, does that work yes. or not? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> no, so... I guess that's where the so universal asking, power supply right. thing is, um, you know, makes some use, you know. <laughs> if everything runs off USB-C yes. and a USB, you know, charger, then that's really true. can't really do too much harm because the polarity is going to be the same. Yeah. There are, yeah. you know, there are, good, right. there are good points to it. Now you just need them not to just insist on it being laptops and phones and say, right, what about all this other gumpf? Gumpf. <laughs> you know, yeah, like my yeah. wife's UV nail polish dryer, right? She's misplaced the charger for that again. Right. Be somewhere, but it'll be unmarked. It will just be another generic, you know, five mil barrel charger, just like a million others. Yes. But they all come in different bloody, you know, outputs. Yeah. You know, five volt, nine volt, whatever. So maybe but, the uh, EU are on something there. I managed. <laughs> Yeah, I managed to find um, a little bit online to read about it, and and apparently, sort of one one amp either way doesn't actually make any difference. No, it um, doesn't. No, you know, it, it's not. You, you're not going to blow something up if you're an, an amp out. But <laughs> but if you're voltage, that's a different thing altogether. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, many many years ago like a long time ago, when GPS was first sort of, you know, you could buy little standalone GPSs for your car. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, you know, map-type things before smartphones were a thing with built-in maps. And um, my wife bought me one, not a very expensive one, thankfully, a little one. It was about the size of an original iPhone, I suppose. It had a tiny little screen on it. And it came with an adapter, which was 12-volt to USB micro, I think. And... um one night we were going to go out and it was unplugged. So my wife plugged it in, but not using the not using the charger that right. was for it. She plugged it in with something else. And after two seconds, it was like, why can I smell electrical burning? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what she plugged it into, but that was that. That was cooked. I unplugged it and sniffed the unit and it just smelled of burnt wires. It's like, yeah, that's cooked. <laughs> Good job you noticed it. Mm. So there you go. That is that. Yeah. No, the curse. So maybe the EU are onto something. As long as they can uh, for- maybe so. As long as they can get everything to start using it. Yes. You know. There's all those other things, all those little widgets and whatnot. I mean I've got I've got several sort of LED lamps, you know, colour changing lights and just ornament type things. Yeah. And a lot of them take like a I don't know what it is, one or two mil pin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Having different pins is annoying enough, but and, uh, but back in the day, of course, you used to get different adapters as well, didn't you? Oh get yeah, their oh. own their own bespoke. Uh, when I had, I bought the um, I bought a number of Arcos things many years ago off QVC, mm. and um, uh, one of those came with a. I managed to sell it on recently on eBay. It's amazing what you can sell, um, but it came with like a sort of um, like a square. Uh, if you can imagine the cable with like a square box on the end, 
Yeah. And then coming off the square box were like a couple of paddles and those paddles plugged in. Yeah. It was very strange. Yeah. Oh, you know. I remember when mobile phones first sort of started to be a thing um, and a friend slash work colleague of mine ran a label printing business Mm -hmm. and he used to get contracts to print little labels for all these different phones you know, Nokia phones, and, and, and but every model had a different bloody charger. You couldn't even say a Nokia phone <laughs> took a Nokia charger in them days. There was all these weird and wonderful no. connectors, you know. Every phone had its own bloody connector. Yes, it's um, it's yeah. better than it was, but it's still... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most, Not, of us uh, have, yeah. most of us have got a box of, oh. yeah, we, of stuff that we don't know what it plugs into. I've got, I mean, when I moved house, I must have thrown away about three boxes like that. And I've still got a load. Oh, I've yeah. Still, you right. know. Well, you, you keep, the ones you can identify, you hang on to. But mm. all the rest, you think, I don't know why I'm keeping these, really. Uh, the thing is, I've got to a point with selling stuff on eBay where I just haven't got a clue what, what they were for. Because no. <laughs> I can't think of anything that I now own that would take them. Well, of course, years ago, the other thing you used to do is you had something and it broke or you didn't want it. You'd chuck it and keep, oh, I'll keep hold of the power supply. Might be useful. Yes. Or or, or, or the power supply became separated and it just ended up in a drawer. And you, yeah. You know what I mean? You might not have kept it on purpose. It just, it just got mixed up with all the other power supplies. <laughs> yeah. And then you just, you know, yeah, when I was moving house, I found a huge box of them and I went, Pulled them out, and of course they're all tangled up into a huge rat's nest, and it was like, right, oh yes, there, yeah. uh, in the skip with a lot of them, <laughs> away with you, <laughs> away with you. I think I put them all in a big box and offered them to the um, metal rat metal man, in case he wanted, them. right. And I think he went, yeah. nah, they're no good to me. And I thought, well, they're probably all full of copper windings for the transformer, but whether there's enough per Maybe. one to make it worth worrying about. Yeah, maybe it's uh, the the effort of getting the copper out isn't worth messing with. I think it depends on how they dispose of them. Big, like big things, you know, big operations will take them. Oh yes, and yeah, they can melt them down. Then they put they put the whole lot in a skip. When they got a whole skip load, they just throw them in a smelter, and all the rest burns off, and the copper kind of comes out. But yes, yeah, the amount of copper per little thing is probably bugger all. So you've got to have tons and tons of them to make it worth doing. Otherwise, probably the amount of energy you expend melting it down is way, way more than you're going to get back. That's right. Well, it's a little bit like um, it's the same sort of concept for um, lithium-ion batteries. I mean, the amount of lithium is is tiny, really. I mean, it's not, no, it's not tiny, but it's not. Yes. You know, your battery may your battery may weigh getting on towards a ton. <laughs> yeah. But the amount of lithium in that is probably a few kilos, you know. Yeah, if that, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing with that is most of those things, yeah, the lithium just does the transfer, doesn't it? It moves from one end of the battery to the other and then back again, you know. You don't... Yeah. You know, it's like the old... Um, when you were a kid, when everything was zinc cobalt batteries that lasted about 10 minutes... If you if you ever if you ever actually yeah. sawed one of those in half, there was like this goo, this sort of paste, and a little carbon yeah. rod down the middle, and you think like, you know, dear oh dear, there we are. <laughs> <sighs> well, that's a, that's effectively what lithium-ion batteries are, but you don't want to be cutting those in half. No, do not <laughs> no do not do this at home. I mean, um, yeah, if you've ever seen something of one getting punctured, wow, no, don't do that. 
I think Carl and Alex were doing something, weren't they? And they had one go off. They were yes. Um, I remember this is a few years ago, but I know I can't remember what it was, whether it was out of a laptop or something. But I remember Carl had got Al- Alex to go round and help it? him, and the right. damn thing like it it was expanded and they took it out and it it, it went off. Luckily, I think Steve. I think Steve's come across this as well because he he yeah. works, doesn't he? He does support. So the answer to that is keep a yeah, bucket of sand. Uh... That's what they say. Have a bucket of sand. <laughs> they're not. They're not that safe. Um, did I tell you? That my um, solar ambitions have been quashed for temporarily. Uh, no. Yeah, the company I got in contact with had been recommended by um, well, one or two people I'd seen online, um, and they'd got reasonable reviews. They'd got one or two negative, but most companies do. And uh, so I went to them what six months ago and said, you know, I'm interested, and. Um, they sent me this quote, which I thought was reasonable, and um, they sent out an engineer uh, surveyor a couple of weeks later, and then it all went very quiet and very quiet, and I co- tried to contact them a couple of times. They didn't respond very quickly. And then about two weeks ago, I started to try and contact them because I was getting close to my install date. And I, yeah. I just kept getting this answering service. Um, and, and when I say an answering service, I mean a, a third-party company that were answering yeah. phones for them. And I thought this this doesn't sound and good. very good. Have they gone under? They're going. going yeah, they under. haven't actually physically gone under yet, but they're definitely on their way out. So um, anyway, I got in contact with another company that was recommended by a friend on this occasion, uh, and they seem that seem they seem okay. So I've got another surveyor coming next week, and their timescales seem to be much much shorter. So and they're not asking for a deposit, which is more important. Mm. I was going to say, hope you didn't so, pay uh, this other mob a load of money then up front. Well, I paid them. Yeah, I paid them more than I would have liked to, but uh, I paid them about over two thousand pounds. At the moment, I've got it back, so I contacted Nationwide and filled in a callback form, um, and they then within a couple of days they they refunded the money to my account. Oh well, that's good. Uh, with a note, so, it is very good. Uh, with a note saying that it's not guaranteed that you'll be able to keep the money. We'll right. investigate it and um, and we'll, we'll do the best we can, but we can't guarantee that you mm. can keep the money. But we will notify you well before if we need to take the money back again. Oh, well. So, so that's good because I've got the money back in my account. But, um, yeah, at the moment I've no idea whether I'm going to keep it or not. Or all of it, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So we we shall see. We shall see. Um but anyway, I have found another company now, which seemed to be they they fitted some new panels for a friend. Yeah, and he said they were they were pretty good, pretty efficient. Well, they're PEVs. I think it's a are fairly they? small company. You putting PEVs in? They're PV panels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and a nine point five kilowatt hour battery. Um, mm. from oh hello hello Nick. Uh, yes, I'm back. I don't know what happened. My screen went blank. It flashed a couple of times. It could have been a it could have been a minor blip on my five um, G. Ah, right. Okay. It was all mid and it sort of went <laughs> mid word. The word sort of stretched and died, and then I couldn't hear you anymore. How very strange. I've no idea what that was really. Oh, yeah, well. I'm still getting. This 5G, 5G modem is still dropping out on occasion. Um, so I contacted them, and they've given me a Fiverr 
refund and said they're doing work in the area, but I've been on a forum and other people have complained about it and they've been complaining about it for about 18 months. Mm. So I think it's more than likely a software thing. Could be. Because all the lights are on. All the lights are on. Um, you've got like three lights which show you the power of the signal. Yeah. All those three lights stay on all the while. So. Uh, but the internet just disappears. Mm. So I don't know. I, I, I think it must be software. Mm. I, oh. I can't think any other reason why you'd lose internet. No. Um, if the if the signal's strong, why would you lose the internet? Yeah, exactly. So, there we go. So but, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably a software thing. At the moment, I can put up with it, but yeah. yeah if I suddenly a... disappear, yeah. <laughs> you know what's happened. But if it's only, you know, if it's only a second or two here and there, unless you're in the middle of something absolutely crucial, I suppose. Well, sometimes sometimes it's a minute, sometimes it's a few minutes, but I... Mm. What what's makes me suspicious is that if I unplug it and plug it straight back in again, within two minutes, it's back up and running again. Yeah, yeah. So to me, it sounds like some kind of buffer overflow that's yeah, it's basically like getting confused and then dropping out. Yeah, and it will come back of its own accord, but if I unplug it and plug it back in, it comes back quicker. Yeah, oh well. Yeah, the only thing that surprised me about um, my wife's new bungalow is it doesn't have... Um, Solar panels on the roof. It's, yeah, you know. I can't understand what. Well, I've been saying this for a long while, but I, yeah. I just don't understand the logic of the government. Why are they not making it mandatory? I mean, exactly. You know, I would have thought uh, that's an obvious thing. All new build houses should have PV panels on the roof. And PV panels themselves aren't expensive. So hmm. um, I can't remember. Um, hold on a minute. See if I can find my bill, uh, my quote. Um, Oh, I know where it's in it. Uh, I'll need my iPad. Hold on a second. Uh, where are we? Docs, 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 documents. Yeah, so the my uh, the panels themselves cost just over 3000 and I'm having 16 Wow. Which isn't, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not chump change, but that's not no. ridiculous. That's not a bastard. And, the, and the inverter's about 1600 quid. So I could probably have just solar panels for about five thousand, six thousand, yeah. maybe. Um, I'm guessing once you add the battery in and whatever, you're pushing the cost up a bit. But yeah, yeah. So I expect the battery's a large chunk of change. Yeah, it's not not as bad as it might be because if you buy battery and solar, uh, they uh, it's zero VAT, so that helps. Yeah, well, that's a good twenty percent off, isn't it? So. Yeah. I've also taken the chance to refresh my mug of tea. Jolly good. <sighs> I, I'm much quicker at making tea now because I've got a, one of these cooker taps. Oh yeah, well we've got a boiling water taps. We used to have um, we used to have a plumbed in hot and cold water machine, right? Um, which we'd had for many years. We leased it; cost about twenty five pound a month or something. Uh-huh. Uh Um, but when we moved, um. My wife contacted the company and said, we're moving, will you come and plumb it in at the new place? And they went, no. The, oh. machi- the machine is too... Because it's just too old. It's too old. We've had it a long time. It's like, yeah. no, it's too old. That model's no longer supported. And um, they said, we'll give it to you. Yeah, you can have it. Yeah. Um, and you can keep it but... running as long as you like, but we won't plumb it in for you. It's not difficult plumbing. No. I, I could do it. Um but he goes, it's probably not worth your bother because um, 
yeah, obviously it the, might just give up the ghost. <laughs> the, the, the filter will probably, you know, when you want to replace the filter, that probably won't be available. Um, oh, right, yes. Yeah. When you, when you, you know, if the element goes, you won't be able to get another one. So they said, oh, I suggest you go on Amazon and get uh, like a countertop one. I mean, ours was a countertop one, but we yes. got we got a much smaller countertop one, which is cool. not plumb not plumbed in. It, but it takes about yeah four five liters of water in the tank at a time. So as long as you kind okay. of just keep topping it up with water with a jug from the tap, <clears throat> and it has a filter in it to filter the water. Yes. Um, and yeah. then and then it does. You know, you can have cold water and then water of a variety of temperatures all the way up to boiling. Uh-huh. Um, and cool. And then on the other side, it's got like an amount, a programmed amount. So you can have like 200 mil, 250 mil, three, 350, 400, 500 a litre of water. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes out rather slower than the other one used to, but it's still right. quicker than boiling the kettle because it's instant. Yes. Yeah, so, that's um, right. This, this, this one's an instant one. Obviously, you yeah, you've got a plumbed in tap, but this is, um, it was about 150 quid, which I didn't think was too bad. No, that's very good, actually. Yeah. No, this was an awful lot more than that, but I thought while I'm having a new kitchen, I might as well splash well, <laughs> yeah, out. Exactly. Um, so it's 150 quid, and it's about the size of a large, like a, a largish coffee machine. You know, the sort of um, ones that you put a pot in, you know. Like yeah, a fit, I know what you mean. Like a yeah. filter coffee maker, not not one of those sort of Nespresso type coffee pod things, but um, yeah, an actual yeah. coffee maker. Yes, where it with boiled, a jug. Yeah, and it yeah. makes a jug full of coffee and keeps it warm. Um, <clears throat> it's about that size. So there you go. Oh, let's have a look at your lovely kitchen. Oh, very nice. Oh, cabinets are very similar to ours, actually. Ah, there you go. Um, yeah, so at last got it decorated. <laughs> got, um, when I say similar, I mean, they've got similar sort of handles and whatnot. You've got you've got yes. an indent, you've got indents on our, on yours. Ours are um, just flush doors. But similar. yes, I think it's called. I think it's. I think it's called shaker style. Yes, yes, very yeah. simple. Um, but yeah, the one in Jackie's house is very nice, sort of similar to that. Looks like you've got a little bit more space in yours than ours, but um, and I see yeah. Well, originally, originally, if you can imagine where the um, where the plugs are on the right hand side mm-hmm. on the wall there, that originally there was a return there, so it was U shaped, and this uh, okay. half of the room where I'm taking the photo from was like the dining area. Mm. So I've got rid of the dining area and turned the whole lot into a kitchen, effectively. So I've got yeah. some more storage over on the wall on my right here. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I just decided that having it as two separate rooms didn't really... Not two separate rooms. There, no, but... It was always only one room, but it was separated into two. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, kitchen diner probably style. not a good idea. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. if you live on your own. I mean, it's kind of, you know... Yes. Of course, it looks very tidy because... That was not long after it was all put in. <laughs> yeah. That's, I've got yeah. stuff all over the place now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's before you put on the microwave and the coffee machine and, you know, and all the <laughs> gubbins that's we've right, got. Yeah. Electric tin openers and Lord yeah. knows what else, clutter and jars. and Indeed, indeed. Yes, the, yes. The micro, there's a microwave built over the oven. So the oven mm. is the lower section on yep. the left there. Well, And there's a micro, microwave above it. In my old kitchen which me and my dad basically built ourselves i had like like you've got there i had a drawer in the bottom with for keeping pans and things in yes. um 
I had a, a, a double oven, so an, an oven, a built-in oven in tower like that, uh, with a grill above, and then I built oh, a shelf. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, and then I had, I put a shelf with a microwave on yeah. above that. So I had, well, actually, tell That's a lie. very similar then. Very similar. It wasn't a two-part oven. I had an oven, sorry, an oven like yours. Then I had one of those mini ovens, which is about the size of a microwave, but is a conventional oven. I know what oven, you mean. Yeah. On a shelf. And then so if you just would... want to, if you just want to heat if you just want to heat up a pie or something like that yeah then you've got it... a little oven to use yeah. yeah and if you just wanted to like cook some sausages say for yes you know or a, a pork chop or something you could put it in a smaller oven rather than heating up the big fan oven yeah um, where we are and this this microwave is one of those that's got a grill in it as well although right. I've never used it but, <laughs> but no. apparently it has. As a grill bit, yeah, conventional grill, grill microwave. I always just um, go for a really simple microwave, me. I can't be doing with all these ones that are all, like, weighs the meat, tells you how long to cook it and all that. It's like, I can't ever figure oh, out. Oh, no, no. No, I can't be bothered with that either. With mine, you just press the start button a number of times, and it adds 30 seconds every time. That's, oh, what, right. that's, the, that's as much as I want to know. <laughs> I was going to say mine. I, I go for, you know, two analog dials, one for the power setting and one for the time. Thank you. That's quite enough for me. <laughs> yes. And the, all you uh, need, really, isn't you know, it? Uh, whereas I used to have uh, a separate hob, like you've yes. got there, a black glass hob. Um, yeah. The kitchen here is not really built for that. So we've got um, we've got a freestanding oven, which is right. which is a, a, a fan oven, a smaller oven, like oven grill, and then a glass, yeah. um, you know, a glass top. So it's... Excellent. It's not built in, but it's as good as basically. Yeah. So brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, nice. So you're, you're settled in, are you now? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the bedroom's still full of bags and boxes, but uh, it's getting there. And the shed's still full of good. boxes of stuff, but we'll get there eventually. It's getting there. <laughs> Indeed. One yeah. step at a time. Oh, I know. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna put something else in the show notes. Which well, not in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes later. But I'm gonna mention. Which is. Are you familiar with um, freecycle.org? Free, yes, I've used mm. Freecycle. Yeah. Well, because I can't remember what I sold on. I got rid of on Freecycle, but, but I have got rid of a couple of things on Freecycle. I, um... I think I've got rid of my LPs. I'd got lots of. Um, I've got lots of LPs, but they were all mm. from the time when that uh, they were. I remember looking on a website once about valuable classical yeah. LPs, and it said basically if you bought them any time between nineteen. 75 and 19 uh, 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 and 1995 uh, then throw them away because <laughs> <laughs> it's the time when everyone bought them and, yeah. uh, and, and they're not valuable so uh, i put them on free cycle and someone just came and collected them i hard i never i never listened to them no so it was no. a shame i mean i had quite a reasonable collection of lps and they'd been stored away for donkeys yes and then when my daughter started, daughters started getting interested in vinyl for whatever reason, I brought it out and I bought myself one of these sort of 40 quid like dance set type record oh, players. Yeah. yeah. Cheap thing with built in speakers and it does Bluetooth and this and that. But when I started listening to my LPs on it, it ran at like 33 RPM, not 33 and a third. So everything oh. was like slightly off key. <laughs> and for some records, it was all right. You know, if you're listening to yeah. ACDC or Motorhead, you don't notice it. But when you start putting on something like um, 
you know, you put in something like Fleetwood Mac or Mike Oldfield yeah. or something like that with, with with more strings and and not you know going at four hundred miles an hour. Or um, Led Zeppelin was one of the worst ones I put on there. And like you know, when they do a long extended chord, it was like, oh god, that's just off. You know, <laughs> oh. so yeah, that went in the skip. That was not a good buy. <laughs> but I, I, then I gave all the I gave all my vinyl to my daughters as they've bought some half decent record players and um, jolly good. They're quite interested. Oh, nothing wrong with uh, quite a lot of my gifting old on, as they say. No, well, they actually yeah. listened to it. You know, I I thought, oh, it'll be nice to get them out because some of the stuff I've got I got on LP, you can't get on streaming services or easily get hold of on CD. But I mean, I've got boxes and boxes of CDs, and I can't even be bothered to get them out now. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just like, oh God, the fag, the oh the effort of putting a CD in the machine and pressing go. Oh. <laughs> Actually, the real truth is the effort of finding the CD you want in the bloody hundreds of uh, CDs you got on absolutely. the shelf. It's like yeah. Apple Music, play me something, you know, whatever. No, but I, I um, had a, I had a, a a box full of. I may still have it. No, I think I have still got it somewhere. Uh, a big box full of uh, like a two two uh, uh, containers stacked on top of each other. With yeah, cassettes in them. Oh yeah, I threw all mine and, years ago. Uh, after a few years, <laughs> I've still got them somewhere. I think I've mentioned before. I had an old library card catalogue cabinet, yes. which, which had, and when you took the, took the metal metal rods out that the index cards were supposed to be on, yeah. um, it was exactly the right size to put cassettes in in their boxes. Oh, right. I, same, that. Well, oh yeah, I can imagine that actually. Yeah, because yeah, you've got that. these narrow, long drawers. I think there were twelve in the set in the box. It was a big, heavy, yeah. like, mahogany thing. Well, not probably real. Oh, mahogany. yeah, I'm sure it would have been a good piece of furniture. Yeah. yeah. Stain, if it wasn't mahogany, it was dark oak or something, you know. Sort of 1950s, early 60s piece of furniture. Very utilitarian. Mm. But it was brilliant for putting cassettes in because they were the same size as the cards. Yes. Um, and I had that for what years. Good idea. <laughs> well, that was a bit of a find, really. It was, a, it was when my mum, who worked at the library, when they went over to using barcodes and computers, um, they wanted to get rid of it. So I got it for like, yes. two quid or something because they were just going to throw it away. Brilliant. And I had that for years. It was brilliant for my cassettes because it had all the little thing on the front so you could put little labels in saying, you know, A to B, C to D. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. No, because I, as I said, I'm, I'm not the only one who's moved house. Several of my friends have um, moved out of, several of them have moved out of temporary housing and got their own flats. Right. And as a result, they, you know, yeah. as I said last week, what bits of big furniture want moving, I've been, you know, because my big C4 was practically a van and it folded all the seats down. So I've been moving sofas and wardrobes and things. But obviously, um, Freecycle was brilliant. I got... Um, I got a lovely set of dining chairs for my friend Kim because she got a dining table cool. or she got like a round farmhouse style table to go in her kitchen, which is again yeah. sort of like yours. Council built kitchens are all much the same, but she got room for a round um, farmhouse style kitchen, but she didn't have any chairs. So she borrowed some chairs, which were like uh -huh. stick, typical stick back chairs. Yes. But um, I think she borrowed them from her sister-in-law or something who said, you know, I will want them back at some point, but not right this minute. So she said to me, if you see any chairs. So I looked on FreeCycle and there was a set of four pine 
farmhouse-style dining chairs. Um, and not the sort of flimsy, cheapo ones, but like real good, you know, the nils were all big, thick posts. and Yeah, very good. And so I said, oh, yeah, I'm interested in it. So the woman said, oh, yeah, if you can come and pick them up, you know, by Friday, you can have them. So I went to get them. They're like brand new, never used, not a mark on them. And real wow. good, real good quality chairs. I've got the sort of chairs they'd be a hundred quid each if you bought them. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, I don't want them. Just take them away. Right. You think you probably could have sold those, but you know, as you can imagine, when I drove up to this enormous, you know, secluded just bungalow, want... it's like, you know, yeah, just wanted of, them out. Of, just wanted them out of the way, didn't they? So you know, quarter yeah. of a, you know, sort of. Well, I say quarter of a million quid. That's nothing these days, is it? Probably a million quid bungalow. You know, yes. Sort of acre and a half of land and a horse in the paddock at the back, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, just take them away. And I can't be bothered yeah. to sell them. You know? I can't be bothered to sell them. So, I mean, they were like 400 quid's worth of pine chairs. That comes free cycle. Then I got a set of bedroom furniture, which was um, a bedside cabinet, uh, a small chest of drawers and a wardrobe. And uh-huh. one of my friends wanted the wardrobe and another friend wanted the the two, you know, the bedside cabinet and the chest of drawers. So, I got those again for nothing, and I went. I went to the address. I said I'm interested in these, and got a reply saying, "Yeah, come round." And um, so I went round. And lo and behold, it was the bloke who did our move, the man with the van. Oh. <laughs> and he said, oh, oh, right. I, got, "I got these in a house clearance." He goes, "You know, some old lady had died, and we got paid to take all her furniture away." And he said, oh, I can't be bothered selling stuff out of house clearances, but anything that's worth worth having, I think it's not, you know, too yeah. good to go in the tip. I um, I put it on free cycle. And they were, oh, I mean, they, they were a few years old, but again, yeah. real good quality. I mean, the wardrobe. Good quality. Yeah. yeah, good quality. Had a few marks on them, but nothing terrible. They were sort of that um, sort of late 70s, mid-teak kind of colour, but they were, again, heavy wood, weighed a tonne. Yeah. The wardrobe to get the wardrobe up the stairs, and oh, because the one of the ward, the, one of the wardrobe doors had a full length mirror on it, mm-hmm. and like these days they're about three mil glass, aren't they? Just stuck on. No, this yes. was this was like sort of quarter inch plate glass, you know. So to move it, we had wow. to we, we had to take the doors off just to. There was no <laughs> way, there was no way we were going to carry it up the stairs with the doors on. I mean, the door with a plate glass mirror on weighed a ton. So we got that. I, I picked up loads of stuff. That's so, good. You know, several of my friends were like, oh, you know. I like, I like to see stuff being reused. That's excellent. You know. Um, oh, and a double bed. I got a double bed with a brand new mattress. Oh, wow. Again, for my friend Kim, she'd got a single bed, but she wanted a double bed for her new flat. Yeah. And uh, I saw this double bed, so I sent her the picture. So are you interested in? Yes, please. It was a, a divan. with So with draw, two drawers, a divan. And yep. a mattress, and it said basically brand new. So I went round to get it, and again, it's one of these things. The bloke was like, "Well, I bought this because my friends came over from America, and they didn't want to stay in a hotel, so I thought I'd better buy a bed. It's been used for like five days, and now <laughs> right. I just want, and now I just want rid of it." I'm like, "Okay, thank you very much. No headboard, but other than that, and it's brand new, not a mark on it. Wow, um, amazing what people give away, you know." It is. Oh, well, I can't well, be bothered even, to sell it. Even if you just, even if you just get down the tip, I mean, sometimes you you, you see some of the stuff people are throwing in the tip, mm. and you think, oh, that looks pretty good. <laughs> oh, I've seen people throw in like what looked like year-old bikes. I mean, after the COVID lockdown, a number of bicycles I saw being chucked in scrap metal tips. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you think that's a three hundred quid bike? I bet you bought that in during COVID, rode it twice, and yes. now you don't want it, and you just. 
It's like, put it, out, it away. put it out the front and mark free to a good home, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Soon no, go. Yeah. No, take it down the tip and throw it in the scrap metal. What a waste. There you go. 